presents Vampire the Masquerade Hellfire Nights Hello everyone and welcome back to Hellfire Nights Chapter 2 um, we are joined by everyone tonight, except for Melinda, who, as we know, plays Simona. I just want to introduce my players because we haven't done that often enough. And I've gotten some feedback about that. Like, you should all let them say they're, who they are and what's going on in their lives. And we can do that real quick because it is important. And they put a lot of hard work in. So I want to start with Evelyn. How are you tonight? Played by Lauren. How am I doing tonight, Keeper? I'm doing fabulous. Excited for Chapter 2. The conclusion of chapter one left Evelyn feeling slightly spicy, slightly salty, like a bag of Takis, like those <laughs> chips. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what exactly a spicy, salty, jilted feeling Evelyn, how she responds to the events of chapter two. There's some nice things cooking. A lot of food metaphor today. Good. And our most newly embraced vampire in the pack, uh, played by Mike, is Dr. Horatio Jackal, also known as uh, Snuggly Puss and Sweetums, uh, based on what Agnes has called him. In the, I'm sure she's called him other things, too, I'm sure. Cuddly Bear or something like that. But how is Dr. Jackal tonight, Mike? <laughs> I, I think Dr. Jackal's just happy to be here. He's um, it's, it's been a little while since the events of uh, Chapter 1, so he's calmed down a little bit. I uh, I think he was probably feeling himself a little bit after like basically bulldozering Elijah, but uh, I think he's settled into a nice routine by this point. I think so. I think it's going to be real interesting to see some of the things you've put into his his story um, since the embrace, which is going to be very cool. Uh, I think the listeners are really going to jones on some of that stuff. Um, and playing our blood mage uh, extraordinaire and tremere uh, sycophant is <laughs> Kayla. Uh, as Rosamond Henshaw. How are you tonight, Kay? Good evening. I am doing great. Rosamond is doing better since her recent shenanigans with the dark arts. So I feel like I'm going for Snape mixed with like mixed with like a Merlin vibe. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm going for here. <laughs> well, we'll see where you take it because um, I didn't, you know, when we talked and we came up with what was going to happen for chapter two for her, um, in the you know in how it tied into the story yeah darker is darker is going to get yeah darker is going to be there absolutely yep. <laughs> uh, and paul who plays ashen brenner the the most you know the beloved the, the snake charmer of the team um <laughs> how is how is ashen brenner these these last couple months since chapter two chapter one concluded Ashen Brenner has been through experiences that make him sound like Anim Zola from Captain America in the Winter Soldier. Oh this is what God. Ashen Brenner sounds like from now on. No, he's 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 fine. He's been um <laughs> he's okay. Good. He's been what laser focused. I was so excited for a German friend. <laughs> he has been laser focused on Tevi. And mm. and just like like he's been he's been sketching because you know he does have that commission coming up but like it's literally just his time is fifty fifty like here's some artwork oh my god I am gonna do so many things it's heavy yeah nice yeah that's where he's at so focused I would say 
and understandably so. Listeners, welcome back to us, as we said in the beginning of this. Uh, welcome back to the show. And we have jumped now just a little over two months, um, as the original show was always about trying to get the Hellfire Club closed. Um, our team concluded the events around Bartholomew's disappearance, rooted out the fact that um, Elijah, primogen of Clan Torridor, had been up to some serious shenanigans trying to get his clan into power and dethrone the current prince of Clan Ventrue, known as Kiernan Fraser. A lot of bad things ensued, and in the end, Elijah fell to our team of vampires. And the Diablery was allowed because the Blood Hunt had been called. And that puts us, you know, from those events, two months ahead, takes us to tonight. When the world of Victorian England in 1886 is in its summer, um, it's now June, and we are getting closer and closer to that Samhain night of the closing of the the infamous Hellfire Club. But there's still some things that our team has to endure and go through, and we're going to find out exactly what all that is right now. So we're going to start with Rosamond. Rosamond, um, they had pulled you aside after the admonishment of Kiernan and the whole situation that went down with Elijah and had, after about a week, kind of let things die down and cool off a little bit. And then the twin, the twins of Clan Tremere, um, the primogen of London, uh, approached you and gave you a almost an edict. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to set you on a very specific path, a very specific course of action. You had proven um, to them that you were a capable magus, and that you had been suppressed for a long time by your by your sire who is still in the picture, but distant. He's, he's still in Ireland. He hasn't been recalled yet, but they gave you several tomes. Some of them, even by Tremere standards to be considered apocryphal, Um, dark, dark magic, magic that goes beyond the, the ability to use blood to manipulate surroundings and cast spells. This is downright necromancy. The controlling of the dead, the ability to awaken and manipulate, not just through seance and through medium contacts and for short periods of time, but the enslavement of the dead. There is a clan that has attempted and through the ages has been semi-successful in practicing this craft you believe some of these books may have even come from them because a few of them are written in Latin and that clan would be the Giovanni. But more than that, they have expressed to you that they are absolutely adamant that you do everything you can to get through these grimoires, page through these books and attempt to gain control of this forbidden art. So that was only a week after the the events of Bartholomew. It's now been almost, it's now been about two months. You've been given two servants and they are, you know, just basic, they're they're retainers. Um, They've been there helping you. One is actually a vampire. The other is only a ghoul. Uh, So he does work during the day to go out and get anything you need or other Books that may, you know, you may stumble or have need to to find in other libraries. And one one evening, 
late at about 2 a.m. There is a knock deep in the in the sub basement where you've been working. And think of it almost like Frankenstein, you know, working in his in his um, college uh, flat, you know, in Geneva when he because there was no dungeon. There was none of that in the book itself. You know, he was just he had cadavers and bodies and he was doing experimentation and it was all chemical reactions and things like that. That's what you're dealing with right here. You're not dealing with lightning rods on the on the roof during a thunderstorm. No, you're trying to actually understand the the body of, you know, that you're going to try to possess and control. And there's a sharp rap on the door. Um, Rosamond would obviously very engrossed in her work, like almost doesn't hear it at first until it probably knocks like a second time. And, but when it does, she would kind of just wave her hand at her vampire servant and go, oh, get that, would you? Yes, so the one is, uh, Clarissa is the woman, and Brian is the is the ghoul retainer. So you say to Clarissa, go get that. She looks over at Brian and says, well, answer the door, fool. And he makes his way over and opens it and says, oh, of course, I have one moment. Mistress Rosman, they have arrived. Mistress, they, the ladies wish to speak with you, please, if, if you have a moment. Like, now? She's almost too in... She's almost too involved in her work to want to leave, but she, like, goes, Oh, oh, right. And she turns to Clarissa. If this does anything strange, run straight to me. I do not care if you have to trample anyone. Come straight to me. Is that understood? Of course. Great. I will be back momentarily. Make sure this place does not explode while I'm gone. I would... I, I, of course. <laughs> she kind of looks at you like, know. Oh, oh, there you are. <laughs> you make your way. And this is, this is deeper even than the summoning chambers above. This is another, you didn't even know this was here. This sub basement um, below the actual where, where Rennie was used for all those nefarious purposes when they attempted to turn her into a gargoyle and then drew her blood out for the ritual that you needed. Uh, that, that level is the sub that's called the summoning chambers or the chambers. Below that is where your workstation is made. And that and they there are several rooms down here you weren't even aware of. And and that's where they have given you access so that you could do these things without most of the clan even being aware. But the ladies are there. And as you approach the door, they're like, Ah, oh, sister, we didn't mean to bother you, but we have grave news. And we needed to just explain that we're having a visitor. A most distinguished visitor. And he's coming to speak with you. Uh, me? Uh, really? We all have masters who we must answer to. And this is ours. His name is Grimgorth. And he is the eldest of Clan Tremere in the British Isles. Lord and master of all chantries. We report to him. And it was he who set us the task of finding someone we thought capable of raising the dead without using vampirism, of course. I see. I have a, a story to tell. I've, I've heard of this name, right? I, I believe I recognize it. As a legend, you've never, no one speaks of it unless it's in the most hushed tones. He is, to your clan, he is Wraith, like Morgays to the Malkavians. This is who he would be to them, to the Tremere. This is an ancient 
uh, Magus that controls the British islands and moves about around a lot. No one sees him for very long. If they ever do, he comes and goes in, in the uh, highest levels of secrecy. I see. Okay. Um, Rosamond nods her head is a little giddy, but keeps it composed. And she's like, well, I look forward to meeting High Magus, yes. He is the High Magus. He's, yes, he is. And try not to be too upset, sweet sister, but he has arrived unannounced and will be here shortly. Oh? I, I, uh, um, interesting. I don't, my experiments thus far have been progressing, but I've results have yet to come about uh is this should i i probably should curtsy for this she's just rambling in her head now just talking spewing out things and talking to herself but she's like yes i will prepare i must figure out what to do what should i show him how am i supposed to speak to him he will he will ask you several questions and explain exactly why he wanted this particular avenue of study to be looked into so please answer him truthfully hide nothing tell him what you can and what you cannot do it is for the best that way he wishes to monitor your progress closely indeed i you have my word premagen i will be most forthcoming to the grand magus the high magus and i will do whatever it i will do what it takes i have what it takes so they go over to the ladder because this doesn't even have steps to get down. It has it's it's a ladder, a very old iron ladder that has been here and just it it's very damp, uh, so it's kind of you know like already starting to show the the, the age and the rust on it. But uh, she they climb up in their skirts and they smile at you, and you know you have enough time to sort of put some things away, tidy up a little bit here and there, and then. You hear, may I enter? I bow and say, of course. And Grand Magus is the term, right? I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Magus. Hi, Magus. Sorry. Um, of course. Hi, Magus. I greet and do the bow and I fl- like flourish to my servants, like do the same, follow my lead. He comes down the stairs. He doesn't descend by using the rungs and holding on he floats down he seems to be catching the air somehow and literally just feather falls into place and looks at you he's in a a short cape um very victorian looking but sort of even dated for the victorian era like probably something from like the 1840s like the regency period the style just seems a little off like he's behind the times but trying to look with the times um, his hat is in his hand. It's, you know, a little too tall for this era, but he's still very, very handsome. He has a picture almost, um, Anton LaVey looking with the pointy beard, you know, the thin mustache. If you don't know who Anton LaVey is, I'll show you a picture later, but, um, bald head. He just, and he kind of comes towards you and he, you just, he emanates this strength, this mystical occult power. And, he looks at the other two and he says, 
Rosmond. With your permission, of course, this is your lab. I would like to speak to you in private. Would it be within your wish and your gift to me to dismiss these lessers so that I may speak to you openly? It is no trouble at all. Um, I turn to Clarissa and Brian and I go, you are, I give you the rest of the evening off, please. Go about your business and continue with your assignments that I've given you earlier today. But, but the cadaver, we, we were able to get it to start to move. We, we had the fingers jerking in spasmodic re- reply Did to the I chemicals. Are you sure? Did I say that you could stay? No. Please. You will come back tomorrow evening. And I very, like, firm about it. Yep. So they make their way up the ladder and she's... She's just trying to prove herself like you would have at one point. You know, she's eager to please, eager to do this. And as soon as they get upstairs, Brian knows to shut the trap door and leaves it there. And Grimgorth is there and looking at you and says, So, how go your studies? I know it is early nights, but how does it progress? Well, as you know, the books that they have given me a hail from Egypt, which has incredible texts on death and necromancy magics. I've been trying to compare and cross-reference between our notes on different clans that had necromancy, but unfortunately, progress has been slow. As Clarissa was just about to say, we're getting limbs, like fingers and toes, to start moving, but actual controlling of the corpse is yet to be achieved. Interesting. If you were to have several of these vampires from a clan that was dabbling in necromancy for you to look at, would that be of assistance to you, or would it cloud your mind, perhaps, and take you places that they've already been? I need you to go beyond that, Rosamond. I need you to understand beyond this smattering capabilities of the Giovannis. I need you to truly find for me the answer. Well, any primary source to knowledge of this magnitude would be beneficial in the highest regard, because if you can find the source of the power, then you can trace it and make it grow into something fantastic. And that is what our ancestors have done, I believe. I if I may say so, and it would be of great importance to have such sources, but I wouldn't even know where to find one, and but what I have so far, it's basically like working with a puzzle with half the pieces. Interviewing or extracting the magic from someone like a Giovanni would start pastening the process. Have you heard in London yet, what has been happening? Has any of the reasons I may have asked they to look into this realm of study, has it made its way to your ears? Do you know why this has become so vitally important to us, that we would take one of our brightest and set them adrift in the ocean of necromancy, hoping to find an island, hoping to find purchase somewhere? 
Do you know why? I do not. Hymagus, it is a task I was set to discover on my own, but the reasons for it remain unclear. Our children are being unmade. Those of weaker, thinner blood of different of the younger generations are finding themselves unable to produce anything in the way of power, potency, teeth. They're not able to do anything, Rosamond. Someone is unmaking our kind. That is... Blasphemous, that is awful. I... I'm at a loss for words. A month ago, the youngest of us, those of the twelfth generation, were reportedly back at their sire's homes, looking for help, running to the prince, begging, begging to understand what had happened to them, why their powers had been revoked, why they were now ousted from a life that they were just starting to truly embrace and enjoy. The princes themselves silenced these young ones, but now it seems that those of the blood that made the Twelves are also beginning to fade. How long until whatever is happening to us crawls and creeps its way down into the very ranks of the elders? We need to understand how to gain control of our own bodies, Rosamond. We need you. There is one in every Chantry who has been assigned to this task, but I have great faith in you, my dear. I've been told good things. I'm glad to hear it. I am honored to be chosen for this, but I'm... I must ask, where did they... Where in the country, in our great civilization, has this started to unravel? The location might be of importance, perhaps. Through most of Britain. So it's hit all the major cities. Only... According to Vienna, no such thing is happening. According to our spies in France, nothing is happening yet. But we must be prepared. And if we need to move our chantries and dismantle our people and get out of this country, we will. But first, I would like to find out exactly what's happening and what we can do to possibly stop it. Are you up to this challenge? I am. And... Fear not, I will make sure that I understand this magic and I will do whatever I can and whatever is within my power to do to figure this out, however far that may go. I know of a Giovanni who runs Venice, Noemi. She has several childer. I will try to... In- we will endeavor to bring one to you. It may cause a feud between clans if they were to find out, so it will take us some time to do this. But I assure you, you will have the case study you need. You will have the guinea pig to do your testing on. But Rosmond, do not allow what they know to cloud you and limit what you think can be achieved. Go beyond them. Find it. Time may be short for our kind.
and he starts to walk towards the ladder. Um, I'm trying to think real quick if there's another question I have to ask, but, um, like, I'm trying to think of, like, why we would want to know how to control corpses and magics, but I guess all I can say because is- you're, Because you're a corpse. Yeah. In theory, you're a, you're a dead body. Vampirism controls you, the curse. But if the curse is lifted, would they still be able to stay alive? Would they be able to perform magic? Would they be able to do the things they need to do? What- how can they control the un- the the body should the should the blood go bad that's what he's trying to understand okay and um i like i before he ascends up the ladder mm-hmm. i go before you leave i make as if i may be so bold as to ask is when am i expected to be honored with your presence again because i would it would be most helpful if i could possibly maybe speak with you in more open dialogue and discourse because i'm sure you would as you said keep an eye on my progress i'm not going anywhere and the trap door opens on its own and he starts to float up i'm going to be with you Every single night. And then he go- walks away. Goes through the trapdoor and walks away. A wall breaks down in Rosamond. She, like, kind of almost swoons on the table. She goes, holy shit, that guy was powerful and very attractive in his own way. <laughs> in his own power-studded way. It's like, it's the attraction that women sometimes get to powerful men, like, up politician i know what happens to me it's now that she's got an idea of what's going on and now she knows the reasons a light has spurred in her eyes and she's like all right now i'm now we're getting serious like i can't wait for this to i can't wait to learn about this but you understand what he said Mm mm-hmm okay yeah Oh, yeah. I honestly, if Rosman had a choice, she probably wouldn't interact with anyone for like the next several months. <laughs> but I, well, think, I don't think Keeper's going to let me do that. <laughs> no, not, not quite. All right. So that's so the Tremere now know of a very big situation that's starting to occur around Britain uh, in the major uh, population, de- dense population areas. Empire, young, young generations, 12th right now is one of the youngest that's possible, are, fair, are becoming unmade. They're losing their ability to produce their own effects, their disciplines, and we'll see where that goes. How about we talk to Dr. Jackal? I got to follow that. <laughs> yeah, sort of. <laughs> Sorry, my storyline is just so compelling. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just listened to the most recent episode of uh, Cthulhu in Cairo earlier today which uh i know there's gonna be a delay but the all the name dropping going on right now has me very nervous for what's gonna happen (laughs) i like to tie stuff together for people that listen Uh, it's kind of fun yeah so dr jackal you have been spending the last two months learning your craft staying at your sire's side with agnes um you've done some a little bit of traveling outside the city she's she's shown you a multitude of, of just magical things. And that was the first, uh, the first month she's shown you how to hide 
what it means to feed. The two of you have uncovered this idiosyncrasy that you have after after taking blood uh, together, and she just thinks it's the it's the most amazing, sexy thing she's ever ever seen because. Every time it happens, she's basically dealing with someone new for a period of time, and she just thinks that's the you know, it's your big bare body, but you know, now talking like someone totally different and being someone totally different, which is just thrilling to her. So she's she's really enjoyed that. But about three weeks ago, you and she ended up having to take uh, the train out to Wales uh, towards the the deep country, and in an in an old coal shaft is where they hid Morgays. And it's not far from the city of Swansea. It's, it's, it's near a population center, but sort of on the outside, probably about 15 miles. For the last three weeks, you have been every night stalking the streets of Swansea, looking for anyone you can get your hands on to bring back and, and feed to Morgays. She is starting to awaken. And awaken properly, not just with her projections of 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 her semi corporeal existence. She is she is awakening. She knows something is wrong. She's you know you don't you haven't been told what, but she has made the command to Agnes, to Mitzi, to a bunch of the Malcavs to get her fed and give her blood. And for the last three weeks, you're bringing one, two, or three victims back at a time and just draining them into this vat and these with a you know a pipe basically force feeding her down her throat as much blood as she can take and nothing seems to be working. Like it's not waking her up and it's beginning to make them uncomfortable. Like she shouldn't be this hungry. And that's where we're going to pick up with, the, with you and Agnes walking the streets of Swansea. It's about midnight. It's the same night that uh, Rosamond just got the information from from um, from Grimgorth about you know the situation that she's dealing with. So it's just the stars have aligned. This is where we are in Wales, and uh, we'll start from there. So Agnes says to you, "Cuddly bear, I just don't understand. She should. This is a hunger I've never seen or heard of before. I mean, it's almost as if Cain were trying to feed." Yes, I was thinking on this matter, my dear, and. Maybe quantity isn't our problem. If I'm recalling a conversation that we were having, uh, not you and I, but if you remember my my friends back in London, um, we may be able to find a higher quality stock. I do believe out near Wales there is uh, werewolves, yes? Oh, cuddly bear, they are dangerous. Very, very dangerous for our kind, especially us. We do not have this, the skill sets in order to take on a, someone with lycanthropy. Most of them are quite feral, quite dangerous. Oh, I was uh, thinking that we might come across uh, a lone one uh, who, you know, if, if they weren't feral, if they were, as the old stories say, where they're perfectly normal on any day other than a full moon and to take him by surprise, administer some sort of test. If, uh, again, if the mythologies are correct and they react poorly to silver and the like, uh, you must uh, forgive the scientist and me always thinking of experiments to uh, test upon the human form. Oh, those are excellent ideas. And I mean, let's be honest, if we're looking for a feral creature in disguise, it definitely deserves to be in Wales. Yes, well, there is that. 
Um, <laughs> Sorry. This country <laughs> air is getting into my lungs. Ruth, if you're our listener in Wales, which I believe or maybe that was for you. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> Lauren has a very good friend from uh, from a previous, her first job uh, from Wales. And I just wanted to throw that in for Ruth. I love um, you, Ruth. <laughs> you you're yeah you're stalking down the streets you're walking there are swansea's it it's it's a pretty good urban sized city at this point it's not obviously london but um it definitely has a you know tens of thousands of people in it but the the newspapers are starting to show and and even at this late hour there's some additions like you know papered to the walls and things like that around the the different buildings that the disappearances are starting to take on the interest of the police um too many people are going missing and it's you're you know you have a point it may be the type of blood or maybe the strength of the blood but if you continue on this course as a gentleman who still maintains a lot of his his senses at this point in the in the family of the malcavs you are definitely you're you're beginning to believe someone's going to get caught like you're you guys are just pulling way too many people is there an asylum in this town or yes. in the nearby area? I'm sure there would have to be. Well, con- continuing down my original line of thought, my dear, given our family's proclivity for, shall we say, altered states of mind, has any thought been given to pulling from the local asylum. I I do fear that even taking vagabonds and wayward souls such as uh, we mostly have, all these press releases are going to lead to something terrible happening. If we could somehow procure the mentally unhinged from the local asylum, well, doctors have a way of covering up when their patients go missing. You would take from the herd? You would hurt those blessed by Malkav himself, the unstable it, and and the un, and the infirm. You would, you would take them to more gaze. Well, my dear, when you repeat something over and over and over again, and you keep expecting different results, uh, somebody famous sometime soon will come up with a phrase for what that is. <laughs> But we need to try different variables, you see. As you've stated yourself, with the sheer volume that we've given our dear Ms. Morgays, I do not believe that is the issue. We need to find a, a different solution, as if you will. What if... Hmm. She starts to make this really twisted grin, and she looks up to you and says... What if, what if she took one of us? What if we gave her one of us? Did Kush accompany us on this journey? Snuggly bear, that's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Your girlfriend was about to sacrifice you. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, thank you. <laughs> I was I was honestly alternating between offering myself up or throwing Kush under the bus, and it's always fun to throw Kush under the bus. So I went. Why not? <laughs> yeah, well, as as fond as I'm starting to grow of dear old Kush, I I believe he would 
perhaps add the right uh, flavor to the soup. Which, you know, I, I do not believe that uh, sacrificing a member of the family should be on the first top of the list. But it is a potential option, I suppose. Could you imagine the look on his face? Oh, I, I am right this very moment. And I must say, it's not unpleasant. We could subdue him. We could take him from ear to ear. Throat, you know, and just pull his head back and let it all just go into the vat and see if that sparks something inside of her. See if it starts to awaken the, her. That would be... Yes. Yes, so that do might I, work. Do I know who uh, Cush's sire is? No. Okay. Well, um, Agnes, when I first met Ms. Morgays with Ashenbrenner, Cush was quite disappointed that he did not get an audience with her himself. Subduing may not even be necessary. We can give him an audience with Morgays, and perhaps the urge to hunt would be enough to snap her out of her torpor. And then she would also get the blood that uh, we believe may help her. But Mitzi and I have been around her, and we were stronger. If she was that ravenous where she would awaken on her own, she probably would have taken it out on us. <laughs> Especially Mitzi. We have a connection, Morgaze and I. It is, at times, thin, but at other times, very strong. And now that you're saying this thing about wanting the blood of of a turned, of one who's taken the embrace and, and lived with it for a while, <sighs> it's making me very, very, very warm inside, Snuggly Bear. Oh, well... Let us be off then, so that we may uh, finish the evening's business and get to the evening's pleasure. So she wraps her arms around you and suspends like a child from a parent's neck, because she's so much smaller than you. And as you're going past the pub, she's like, I want to kill! <laughs> and there's a, yes. an old sailor standing there looking at her going, what the fuck? <laughs> like he's, you can see he's like, time to go to the pub. He goes back inside. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, yeah if we need to get uh, any snacks for ourselves I'm sure we can accomplish that but um, I think maybe we should go back and discuss with Mitzi uh, this line of thought she drops down and starts running down the street I shall chase after her she makes a left, a right, several series of lefts. She makes her, makes her way to this very, very small little hole-in-the-wall house. Just on, you know, it sits in this back corner of of a dis, you know, this part of town. It's just, you know, there's a bunch of derelict dwellings and things around, but this is a definitely a poor person's, poor family's home. And she stands out front of it and. She's literally panting, like she's drawing breath, even though obviously she never needs to. And she's just standing out in front of it. And her, there's almost like you can sense an aura off of her that this is, she's gone to a different place. She's not you haven't seen Agnes in a bloodlust of like this ever before. 
and she's outside and she's and she sees you approach and she snaps her head over and looks at you and she goes there are five in here only one adult the others are young i think their mother is out smell a man we could take these horatio we have to take these Hmm. Yes, well, let us at least try and do it without arousing all the neighbors. I believe you are aroused enough for the entire village at this exact moment. Uh, But don't you already sense it? There's a small one in there. I can feel it. I can feel it trying to stay alive through hunger, through pain and through illness. I want it so bad. She kicks the door in. All right, I will follow in, and I am going to, knowing that there is a, an adult male in the house. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try and locate him first. He's not far from the door. Uh, and sleeping. I'm going to, oh, he's sleeping? Okay. Yep, laying down, yep. I'm going to stand right over him, place one hand over his chest, have him wake up, and just try and dominate him. To okay. Keep so him go ahead. being a scene. Yeah, go ahead. Um let me get the dominate is let me give you the exact I can basically that. give a one word command and yeah absolutely yeah. I just want to make sure I know the um, on dominate I want to make sure you have the the right role because dominate I believe manipulation and intimidation yes okay so yes so that is going to be Manipulation is three. Oh, I don't have any in intimidation. That was a bad life choice. <laughs> well, not not yet. Give yourself some time. You're new. <laughs> uh, two successes. All right. What's the what's the command? Uh, surrender. Okay, he he puts his hands up and, and he's he's sitting there kind of just shaking. But that's not going to hold long as the screams start to erupt in the house. Um, um, I couldn't tell if Agnes was just hungry or if we were bringing these people back. Uh, well, the I little only... the youngest one isn't going to make it out of the room, but some of the others probably will if if you can get away before you know. Th- the the boys in blue start showing up okay because so there's a lot of screaming i am going to drain this guy to the point of unconsciousness but not death if i can okay that's a that's a willpower roll so go ahead and make it for me you need two okay. successes that i have five Uh, nine and a 10, everything else is a fail. So that's three. That's perfect. You got him. So yeah, you, you take him to the point where his heart's barely beating. Like he's, he's, he's exhausted and drained and just lying there. Um, barely. Now we have a, we have a different problem now. Right. But that's okay. Drank the dad. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Agnes is going after the babies. 
So how would you like to play that? <laughs> <laughs> so she, the little one is the little one is dead. She's okay. already got the oldest sister is slant is screaming. The, the you know two of the boys there's the, the so it's oldest sister two boys and the youngest one so it's the third one was also a boy. So Agnes is taking the little boy out. They now have the three that are left are like sixteen. 12 and 11 like irish twins on the on that group hmm. um and then the other one was about seven so the seven-year-old is gone okay so horatio is going to burst into the other room assuming that it's a separate room nope what big one room it's, an, okay, it's a, well, it's a will, hovel yep. he will get up and turn around and shout at agnes oh you get your hands off my kids she turns around and looks at looks at him, blood all over her her frock, all over her face. She looks up at him and she says, "Someone new to meet and play with." Um, and I guess Horatio, as the father, is just gonna try and like grab at her and pull her away from the kids. So the daughter starts screaming. Who are you? What, what? What? What's? Why do you sound like my pa? And 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 the boys are just starting to you know swing at Agnes and and fight. And she takes one and and holds him onto the ground by his neck, and he's struggling. And the older, the you know the the eleven year old is pounding on her back, and 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 she says, "Tell me to get off. Tell me to stop hurting them." Yeah, get, get off, get off me, kids. And he's gonna turn to the to the little girl. It's it's all right, darling. It's me. Don't you recognize your dad? You know her name is Paula. Paula, Paula, it's all right. It's, I'm going to help you. I'm going to save you and your brothers. It's all right. Get the little one. Get out of the house. And he's going to get yes. off Get off on me, son. And he's, Just tell him to run. Tell them to run. You sick bird. Get out of <laughs> Get out of here, Paula. Take the boys and run. Go. Get they, out. They start to run. The little boy on the ground. You just hear. <laughs> it's, the chase is on. It's time. It's time. And she just fangs out she starts booking down the street screaming these kids are in full flight lanterns are starting to pop around you know the street she's running down all this stuff is starting to go crazy you don't know what's become what's overtaken her but she is in full blown blood freaking drunk she wants like violence so and we you, we never discussed exactly how long this whole thing lasts as uh it's gonna so you're you're gonna roll the willpower Okay. And for every success is going to reduce it. It can last up to a half hour. So every time you make a success, it's five minutes less. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So that's two successes. <laughs> oh All right. So you have about 20 minutes where you're trying to, you know, get this to stop. So I guess if she's, if the, if the daughter took, the, her brothers and are is running and is running and Agnes is chasing after. I guess I would be chasing after as well. Right now, Agnes is doing what Agnes likes to do during these periods of time. She's not. She she turns. You see her turn off. So about sixty or eighty feet ahead of you, you see her dart and start to and run, and then you hear. <laughs> The chase, the chase. And the kids are like, what? And you're coming after them. And the girl just screams, who are you? Who are you? 
Because she sees you approaching that. At, the at girl you. Was screaming at me. Okay. Yeah. So, so Agnes gonna... veered off and took it and kind of went into a side street, which leads you to think that she may be trying to get to them on an oblique. She's like driving them somewhere. She wants okay. to chase them. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to go up to the little girl and I'm going to mm-hmm. try How old is she? Uh, she, uh, she's 15. 15. Oh, so she's not a little girl. She's practically yeah. gotta start looking for dowry money. Well, basically, um, well, they're not going to get it here. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So still being way taller than her, um, kind of like crouched down on me. Paulo, what are you talking about? It's, it's me. It's your dad. It's Dave, Davey, you know, dad. She just, you're not my dad. You're not my pa. You know, you're, you're not my da. I, I, she's kicking. The boys are screaming, unhand her, let her go, let her go. What I'm are gonna, you doing? I'm going to put my hands on her shoulders because she's clearly hysterical from, oh, hell from yeah. everything that's going on. And I'm just going to try and shake her a little bit, thinking I still have human strength. Like try and shake some sense into her. Okay. What is your current strength? Three. Hmm. That's enough. She's, uh, her head's bobbing around. She didn't, bra- didn't break her neck, but she's definitely like a little, her brain sloshed around a little bit. That was, it was a hell of a shake. But she, I mean, she, she stopped screaming, but people are now windows are opening up, you know, the shutters rather, because the windows are already, you know, opened for, because it's, it's the summer. Uh, but yeah, shutters are opening. Lights are starting to come up. You, feel compelled even though this happens you don't it's not to the point where you would stand there and be like overwhelmed or overtaken by the police you you still have a sense that you are that you need to flee like your fight or flight is still very strong but you believe for the you know that you're them and like since now you may even want to say like we have to run we have to hide yeah come on come on boys we gotta get out of here before that crazy lady comes back and i'm gonna just throw paula over my shoulder Okay. And grab like at least one of the boys, like scooping it up like a sack of potatoes and hope that the bigger of the two boys follows me and just start booking. Yeah, you can do that. That's not a problem. So they're still, but now they feel a little bit of safety. Like you're doing what they think should be done. You're running and you're running in the opposite direction, which is good. The problem is, is that you keep hearing laughter at during one block, it's off to your right. A few moments later, you know, you, you, you round a corner and it's now seems to be off to your left and there's people coming, you know, there's people coming out now in about two or three minutes of running, you've hit another part of town where the, the commotion is somewhat dying down. Like it's not nearly as loud, but the, the girl's crying. Um, you know, she's like, you know, Oh my God, what is my, what happened? To and so my, you know, my little baby brother, who are you people? Why would something like this happen? She, she keeps hearing her father's voice, but her eyes are telling her obviously something's out wrong. Go ahead and make me um go ahead and make me one more willpower check to see if you're going to be able to control yourself enough that you're either going to take them to safety or you're going to take them into the hills. Fail. Uh so a crit fail removes two successes, right? Correct. That is a zero. All right. You don't have enough control to make the decision to take them back towards more gays and use this as a reason to scoop the kids up and, and bring them into the hills of Wales. Um, you are, for the next you know 15 minutes or so, you are absolutely still 
this guy Davy, and you are trying to save these children and keep them safe. Now, in 15 minutes, Horatio will start to breed his way back up. So we're not going to go through this whole chase down of what happens here or there. I'm going to ask you a simple question. If Davy could get them to safety, because remember, you know Davy's memories. You have, If Davy were to drop them off at a, at a person's house and go back to tell the police what happened, how would Davy play this to get the kids to safety? Because if it's something that can be done in 15 minutes, you just don't get the kids tonight and Agnes doesn't succeed. But, you know, so because right now you have a zero success. So really you're thinking a lot like him. Mm-hmm. Well, he he would have he would have some sort of relative in town. People back then still really didn't leave where they lived. Absolutely. Maybe the black sheep of the family went to the big city to try and make it or something, but right. Or the kid for university or something like that. Something like that. But for the most part, when you were in, you know, adult, you almost always drifted back to where you grew up and you knew everybody there unless you were in a big city. Okay. So would you try to get them to them? Yeah, definitely would start making his way there to to do that. I don't know how long I was running with the kids. Since um, the father was bit, we're going to say there's about 12 minutes left. You ran eight minutes of running hard. That's a lot of distance. Yeah. But now, now that I'm trying to get back to the brother's house, I'd probably be doing it a little bit more cautiously, like kind of... You know, come on, come on, kids. We're going to go over to Uncle Jimmy's house and then I'm going to go get the constable and uh, we'll find your mom. I don't know where she's gone off to, but we're going to find your mom and we're going to go to Uncle Jimmy's house. And uh, then you're going to you're going to stay with Uncle Jimmy for the rest of the night. OK, mom's down by the docks making her, you know, trying to get some some pay. So that wasn't uncommon in the for poor families to have to. Sometimes the mother had to go out and, you know, do things that were a little bit illegal. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, especially um, for the, de- the destitute poor. Yeah. All right, so we can play that that uh, he was knowingly lying to the kids then if we want to. Because nobody, no, nobody it, wants their dad telling their kids your mom's out whoring. Mom's out whoring? Yeah, no, yeah. that you lie about that. But So when you get them to this to the uncle's house, because you do know where it is, um, do you just tell them to go inside? Obviously, you can't be seen. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, because my survival instincts, I don't think Trump this this bit of insanity so uh, all right there's uncle jimmy's front door hey, go go knock uh and if the, if he doesn't answer just keep knocking louder and louder all right i'm gonna go get your mom and we're gonna go get the constable and we'll get this all sorted all right so you drop the kids off you do, you see no hide or hair of agnes as you made you eventually were able to to maneuver and outpace her and you were going to a certain destination she was trying to get you know around you and across fences and things like that. So later on in the evening, uh, about an hour later, you you're able to finally reconnect with her and she's sitting on sort of on the outskirts of town and her head, you know, her hand, her head's in her hands and she's sitting on the side of, you know, on this fence thing of wooden fence. that just happens to be around this yard on the outskirts of town. And she sees you come up and she's like, you're faster than I am Horatio. That wasn't fun. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, my dear. You know how I can get sometimes when I've been drinking. It's uh, not, not something I'm proud of. What do we do now? Well, She's hungry. The, the, the father is still back at the house. Hmm. I, I still There's felt... nothing left in him. No, I uh, unless you went and finished the job, I most certainly still felt a pulse uh, right before 
Losing myself. Horatio, he's swooning. I'll have nothing for more gaze. Hmm. I mean, it was fun and all, but you didn't even let me catch you. You know how we play that game. That wasn't nice. I apologize, my dear. There is now another... we have to find something else. There is... The, I, I vaguely remember something about a gentleman named James. Do you know where he is? Um, do I... How much memory do I have of when I'm in this sort of trance? Um, one, of, of what? The be, like, of who you are or who they are at the end where where I was because by the time if if it was like almost at the end of the twenty minutes I think when we mm -hmm. would have had to have dropped the kids off like am I starting to kind of like going back with the drinking analogy how as you exit the blackout you kind of have flashes of remembering like yeah getting on uh, the go karts even if you don't remember exactly you remember you came well, in the first place. Yeah, no. So yeah, you're you're getting some of that. Um, but it had been an hour before you found Agnes. So you 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 do have some memory of what was going on with you, but um, for the most part, it's it's a little hazy. So I mean, you can you can easily just grab some vagrant off the street at this point and do that. It's not you okay. know the best choice. But uh, she's just she's frustrated because it could have been you know a grand old time and something happened to her. She went into a place you haven't seen her go before. And, um, and you know, we'll deal more with that as we go on. Yeah, that's it's something he's going to make a note of in the back of his mind. He doesn't want to bring it up right now because he feels like he's upset her a little bit. So he's not going to he's not going to bring that up. But it is uh, noted as a thing to discuss when he is no longer in the doghouse. OK, so you eventually find a farmer uh, who was getting up. Uh, to take you go out to his outhouse or something, and you grab him, uh, you bring him back to Morgay's, you cut the th you know his throat, you put his blood into the vat. The blood is you know then you have this old style pump that you just <laughs> the blood's being forced down her throat, and for the first time that you've seen, her hand grabs at this thick tube that's you know force feeding this into her into her body. And it pulls out the nine or ten inches that you've had to insert down her throat. And blood goes all over the floor and everything. And she sits up and she goes, It's ash in my fucking mouth! Huh? It tastes like ash! It's nothing in it! There's nothing in it! And you, she collapsed back down. And that's where we'll leave that story for now. Thank you for listening to Hellfire Nights. You can like, share, and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. To help support our network of real play adventure shows, please visit us at patreon.com forward slash the Bardic College. And for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to behind the scenes reels, interviews with players and storytellers, and exclusive adventures featuring your favorite characters from our shows.